Welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. I am super excited to be joined today by Tony Black, who is the Vice President of Service Business and Field Operations at Otis Elevator Company. Today, I'm going to be talking with Tony about all things service transformation, and he's going to be giving us some insight into everything Otis has been up to. Um, I watch Otis a lot in the media, on social media, and and follow what the company is doing. Um, There's some stuff that they do in terms of employee recognition and things like that that I think are, are really, really interesting. And so I'm excited to have Tony here with us today to um, give us the inside scoop on how Otis is transforming its service operations. So Tony, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role and uh, background with the company? Sure, Sarah, it's good to be here today. Um, So yes, I'm responsible for our global service business, also all of our global field operations. And I'm also responsible for our service transformation that I'm looking forward to talking to you more about today. Um, I've worked for the company for 34 years prior to, and I've done a lot of different things in the company. Um, Prior to taking on this role, I was in Asia for 11 years. I was in Japan running the Otis Japan company, and then in China running um, the Otis company in China. And then... Uh, more recently took on this role. Um, I Actually, let me just tell you a little bit about our service business also. Uh, it's roughly half of our business. Um, we maintain over 2 million elevators and escalators around the world. Basically, about 2 billion people are riding our products every day, so we're moving the world's population every three days. Um, And really, you know, the way we do that is with what I consider the the treasure of our company, and that's our 33,000 mechanics and technicians that we have around the world. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Good. So so you have a a longstanding history with the company, which I think is really interesting because you know, you've seen a lot of the evolution of service uh, as, as you've been at Otis. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I think we all recognize has happened is is this shift to more customer centricity. So when you and I talked previously, one of the things that stood out to me about our conversation is, you know, how well Otis seems to get the correlation between happy employees and happy customers. So I was wondering if in your words, you could tell us a bit about how you would describe the relationship between employee engagement and customer experience. Yeah, I think, you know, um, first of all, our, our mechanics, um, you know, they, they're pretty humble and they, they really pride themselves in, in really delivering service excellence to our customers every day. Um, and so, you know, when employees are engaged and, and really energized about what they do, they're, they're going to deliver better service to, to our customers. So, you know, we, we see that when we're actually giving our employees new tools, new ways of working, new processes that really drive uh, customer satisfaction, it actually drives um, their engagement as well. 
Yeah, it's really interesting how closely aligned those two things really are. Um, I think sometimes it's easy for companies to overlook the employee satisfaction aspect and, and you know, be hyper focused on the customer experience. But if you can kind of shift that focus back to your employees, um, you know, it, it really does correlate directly to uh, what your customers are feeling. Um, I love that you described your technicians as treasured resources. I think that word choice in and of itself says a lot about Otis's commitment to its employees. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us what are some of the ways you as a company uh, work to make your field technicians feel treasured, feel valued and appreciated? This is this is deep in our culture, um, you know, what you're describing here. And just, you know, for example, I, I tell our mechanics um, very openly that I work directly for them. Um, they don't work for me. I work for them. And we, we work for them to make sure that they can uh, deliver that service um, to our customers. We're, we're working for them to give them the tools and the processes uh, and the methods to do that. And that's, you know, that is, that's in our, you know, our culture and that's in the attitude um, of the company. You know, we do a lot to highlight, you know, their work, um, their stories, their success stories, how they're satisfying company uh, customers. You know, we do this internally, we do it externally through social media. Um, and of course, you know, we're through our service transformation, we're really investing um, in tools and new processes for them to really improve um, service excellence. You know, my whole career, and even today, I, I like to spend a lot of time with our mechanics. Um, you know, I'll put on a uniform um, and just, and I'll actually spend the day with a mechanic. And just, you know, just as an example, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and I spent, you know, a full day riding with a mechanic um, just to really see how they were using the new tools, get their feedback. And, and that's not just me. That's, you know, that's the company. That's how we think. We really truly value um, our, our technicians because they really are, you know, the face um, of Otis to our customers. Yeah. One of the things that when I mentioned at the beginning that I have followed along with, with what Otis does and um, have, have, taken note of some of those things. One of the things that's stood out the most to me is the the sort of social campaigns that, that the company has done. Not just recognizing the value the technicians bring to the business, but but really recognizing them as people. Uh, you know, I really, really, that's stuck with me. I think it's, it's, you know, it's one thing to recognize someone's accomplishments, and it's another thing to just you know, make them feel valued as a person and as a part of, you know, the company's story. I think that's um, something that a lot of other organizations could take note of and, and do a better job at. So uh, very cool. So you just mentioned the ride along and some of the time that you've spent with the mechanics and the technicians. Um, and that kind of leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is as we talk about your service transformation and specifically how you've incorporated new digital tools uh, as a part of that transformation, you started that process with both customer journey mapping as well as employee journey mapping. So I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about why both were important and how both of those um, sets of input weighed in on your direction with this, this service transformation project. 
Yeah, sure. So, you know, what we wanted to do is really identify the pain points um, of both. And, and, you know, some of it goes back to what we talked about, you know, just a, a few minutes ago about, um, you know, employee engagement. We wanted to eliminate um, uh, those pain points for our employees so they're more engaged and can deliver, you know, better service. But we also wanted to make sure we address the, the customer pain points also. And, you know, what we found is actually some of the, the pain points kind of intersect where if we, if we um, targeted our transformation at that intersecting pain point, we're actually, you know, solving two pain points, if you will. Um, and so mm-hmm. just to give you an example, um, you know, one, one of the uh, a pain point for our customer um, is a shutdown elevator. Um, obviously, you know, we want to prevent a shutdown, but if a shutdown does occur, we want to get it back in service as quickly as possible. And when there's a shutdown, um, typically to get it back in service, you need a spare part. And if you think about what I said earlier, you know, we're maintaining 2 million elevators and escalators. You know, these are new elevators, um, but also elevators that are 50, 60, 70 years old. So you can imagine the challenge of the logistics of spare parts. Um, before the transformation, our mechanic would have to go back to the office a lot of times, um, look through, through paper, spare part leaflets. It would take a lot of time just to find the part, um, and then order the part and ultimately get it back to the customer and get that elevator back in service. So, you know, one of our, our applications that we developed, uh, in our transformation that our mechanics have on their iPhones is a parts application. And they can, you know, right at the job site, find the part number and order it. And so that, you know, that application is really addressing the, the customer pain point of, you know, getting that elevator back in service quickly, but also the mechanics pain point and aggravation of, you know, spending all that time to, to get the part. Um, so that, that's, you know, that's, that's one example. And, I, you know, I can give you more mm-hmm. um, where we really, you know, we look at, at the, the different pain points, but a lot of times if you solve, you know, you can solve both, both mechan- um, employee and customer pain points, um, you know, with one application or one, one uh, process or tool. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the impact of employee frustration on the customer, I, I mean, essentially anything that's going to be a, a point of employee frustration or friction you know, is ultimately going to translate to a point of customer friction or frustration, right? I mean, it makes sense that, you know, higher levels of of employee engagement and satisfaction are going to be a result of ensuring that those employees are equipped with tools that allow them to do their jobs competently and confidently, you know, and that also translates directly again to the customer experience. Mm. So it is pretty cool how it's all interrelated. And if you, you know, tackle one, you um, naturally sort of tackle the other. But I like the fact that, you know, Otis was intentional about looking at the service transformation through the lens of both of those um stakeholders, both the customer journey and the employee journey to make sure that there wasn't, you know, an opportunity for improvement that that was left on the table. So I think that's uh, a really good point. So you alluded to the fact that you um, 
you at Otis, you guys have equipped your field force with iPhones and a series of custom mobile apps. And you're also leveraging IOT technology. So this is all being done on a go uh, on a global scale. So I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about what that technology looks like and, and maybe what some of the functionality of it is. And then I'm curious what some of the biggest challenges you've faced are in standardizing this approach uh, globally. Yeah, sure. Um, so we, you know, we from the onset here, we we really we wanted to move fast, um, and so and we are very global, and so you know we we needed to do to take this on with a global approach. Um, we started by selecting, you know, strong partners to work with, with Microsoft, AT&T, and, and Apple. And, you know, as you said, we, we, the foundation of our global, we call it a global digital platform, but the foundation of that is the iPhone. Um, we, we actually, um, we call it a, a, our, our standard gold image, but all of the iPhones around the world have a standard gold image that, um, you know, forms this this uh, global platform, and that that's important because then we developed these proprietary applications um, that are addressing the pain points that we talked about. And you know, instead of just you know deploying that in one country, it's a global application, and and we do it's in multiple languages, but we can deploy that very quickly across you know multiple countries. Um, but it starts by having that global platform and then having global partners, you know, for the cloud and for the, the connectivity um, that we, we set up from the beginning. And that, that kind of positioned us to move very quickly. And, you know, we, as I said, we started several years ago, but we're really far along now in our, in our service transformation. And it's because of the, the platform that we set up to do that and, and then build the, the global applications. Now, now with that, I mean that that I guess that might sound kind of easy, but is not real easy. Um, we also recognize from the beginning, you know, this was, um, you know, we're going across thousands of of mechanics and technicians around the world, and it's a big change um, for them and how they're working. And so we recognize the need to to also establish um, a way to to help with the change management. And we created a champions network of um, you can kind of consider them early adopters, but, you know, over a thousand selected mechanics around the world. Um, and they're selected because they're, you know, they're respected by their peers. They're really they like technology. And um, and so we, we selected them and then we actually would deploy the, the new tools and the technology and new processes and training to them first. And, you know, they're, they're based in, in our branches across, you know, the world. And then they would actually help um, increase the adoption, um, you know, on the ground as we deployed. Because, again, it's a, it is a big change from, you know, the way, the way that we're working and our, our mechanics are, you know, all different have all different types of experience and, and so on with with this technology, even even using the iPhone. So, you know, having the this champions net, network really helped, um, you know, drive uh, adoption and adoption. You know, it does vary. Um, we measure adoption uh, very, very closely because we you know, we want to drive high adoption, you know, mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah, that that champion 
approach is, is a really interesting one. And I, I think something that, that makes a lot of sense, um, you know, really to let the peers be able to be helping one another instead of it always being or feeling like more of a top down, um, type approach. Uh, so that's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, you know, do you guys also rely on that champion network for sort of that early feedback when you're deploying a new technology? Yes. Um, so we, we really do rely on that champion network. We, 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 we rely on them for feedback. Um, we also um, kind of systematically have um, uh, kind of, cha- we call them champions meetings, but it's really, we, we, we share um, best practices across that champions network so that if we see, for example, um, you know, really high adoption in France on one of the applications, you know, we'll learn from the champions there what what they're doing to drive that high adoption. And then we'll bring the champions together, you know, and communicate that best practice so that we can drive that good adoption everywhere. Um, so we get, you know, we get feedback for a lot of feedback, you know, on, on improving the apps and improving things. But also um, we use that network to share share the best practices as well. Um, and, and just on that, you know, we one of our apps is um, is really about communication, and it's really you can kind of imagine it as an internal uh, kind of a company um, social media um, uh, mm-hmm. platform, and it's amazing how we, we've that's really organically grown across our company, the users of that, and the frequency of use, and how our our people are using that to really uh, leverage, you know, the knowledge of the company. And, and you know, they'll, a, a technician will raise a question, a technical question, um, and, you know, their, his or her peers will, will answer with, you know, different solutions. And it's, it's really exciting to see how that just is, is growing and growing every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So, um, you know, obviously we talked about the fact that, Customer experience is at the heart of all of this, as is ensuring that the employees, uh, you know, feel well equipped to do the jobs you're putting them forth to do. Um, safety, though, is another really big priority I know for Otis. So, can you talk a little bit about that safety focus and um, how the service transformation relates to improvements that you've made in that area as well? Yeah, I mean, safety is, um, it's really a core value of, of us at Otis. I mean, our, it, it's as simple as this. We, we want all of our employees to go home safely to their family and friends every day. And we work really hard on trying to, to do everything possible to do that. And, you know, I'm, we're, we're proud that we've really, we're actually using digital technology to actually help with safety. I mean, you know, we hear about, you hear about digitalization for customer experience, digitalization for efficiency and productivity, but we're really using it to drive employee safety. Um, and, you know, I, so we've, we've actually built um, one of our applications, uh, we call it the Shield app, is uh, again, an app that we, we developed. Um, it, it helps, um, it will help if a mechanic is injured, um, detect that the mechanic is injured and, and actually call for help if needed. Um, that app actually uses some sensors to 
um, help detect if one of the safety devices is, is in place. Um, we also have a tune app that um, it, it actually um, supports our technicians to help them troubleshoot um, a, a ride quality issue. And, you know, this troubleshooting, it, it actually allows troubleshooting in a very safe environment, um, actually from inside the elevator. Um, and so this is also driving a, just a safer, um, you know, workplace for our, for our people. So, um, yeah, we, we, um, we're pretty proud of, of what we're doing um, with digitalization in the area of safety. I think, you know, it's really, um, you know, leading the industry um, in this area. So, you know, we talked a bit about the need for change management and you talked about the champion approach and how you're, how you're tackling that. Um, that being said, when we spoke previously, you also mentioned that there's been sort of a shift, uh, since this transformation started to where employees are more excited, uh, about these new tools. And there's more of a pull, if you will, than a push. So it's, it's no longer something you're really pushing them to get on board with, but something that they're really learning to, um, to not only, you know, come to grips with, but be excited about and be asking for. So why do you think that is, or how do you think that is? And, and what advice would you have for other companies on how to, you know, create more of a pull for technology within their own organizations? Yeah, I, you know, okay. So I've been involved in a lot of different initiatives and programs. And honestly, this is, this is an initiative, uh, not an initiative, but a transformation where truly, you know, there's, there is just a total alignment at the top that we want, we're going to invest and do this. And there's a pull, you know, from our frontline um, mechanics and technicians, which is, is, it's exciting and it's wonderful. And I think, you know, as I, we talked about earlier, I mean, our, our frontline, our mechanics, they really want to deliver excellent service. So, you know, when we, with the approach where we, we really identify those pain points, that's really, you know, pain points that are preventing our technicians from actually delivering that excellent service. If we can help them actually eliminate those pain points and involve them in actually developing these solutions, then that pull is going to be there. Um, so, you know, that, that would be my advice is, you know, definitely, you know, understand the pain points, understand the, the employee pain points and the customer pain points, involve your frontline um, in solving those pain points and, and then give them the tools to, to do it. Um, you know, that, that, that's really, that's my advice. And again, you know, that, that's the beginning of it, but then, you know, you need to do some innovative things like a champions network. I think that's really important. You know, the traditional way of kind of bringing everybody in and doing training and then expect that everybody leaves and they understand how to use the new tools and the new technology, you know, that, that's, that's difficult. Um, with, with this amount of change, you really need, you really need the resources there peer to peer to help, help drive the mm -hmm. change. I think the other, you know, evolution, here is that that change really is becoming constant, right? I mean, we're moving out of a world in which, you know, you would introduce something new and then it might be three, five, seven, 
years before you introduce another new tool. You know, I mean, the landscape now is is one of continual change, continual progress and forward motion. So, you know, having the ability to manage that on an ongoing basis and and you know, the approach you are taking with the champion network in really, you know, involving the, the, the end user community, the, the field technician community in helping with that, I think is, uh, is really good. Um, okay. So one of the other things you said when we talked is, uh, is something I wanted to come back to because I, I think, you know, in the service industry at large, you know, there is a lot of change happening on, on many different layers, business model transformation, um, you know, digital transformation, uh, differing customer expectations and increasing customer expectations. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so one of the things you said is, and, and I, I want to mention this to people that maybe feel overwhelmed by all of that change and all therefore all of the work that is in front of them to do. Uh, you said, um, it's amazing how small improvements can have such a big impact. So I was hoping you could explain to the listeners what you mean by that and maybe give us an example of how you've seen that in play at Otis. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, when we started our service transformation, we... We said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to get some quick wins um, and um, and move fast. And you know, it's not gonna solve everything. We're not gonna try to solve, you know, and 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 uh, kind of improve everything at one time. And we focused on you know one app and and you know that and you you kind of get that one app out there." And you see the you, you really you really don't realize the value that you can get from just even that app. I mean, you know, the, I, I use the Tune app as an example. That that's an app that again our mechanics use to to troubleshoot. And you know, if it for us we, we have thirty three thousand mechanics. They're working sixty six. So if you you kind of multiply that all through, it's about sixty six million hours of work per year. Um, now if this tune app can save, you know, on every, um, every time an elevator shuts down, if it can just save a minute or two, um, you know, in, in actually getting that unit back into service, um, if it can improve the first time fix rate, you know, just a couple percentage points, um, and then you kind of apply that across, you know, our 33,000 mechanics across our 2 million elevators, that small that small improvement turns into a really big 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 opportunity. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, you really it, you, just starting with with a um, you know a quick win really opens your eyes to what's what's really possible. And and really, as you actually start using the you know the new digital applications, um, you, you know. You, you, your user, the technicians are finding different ways and new ways to actually leverage the, the technology that we didn't even imagine. Yeah. No, that's a really good point because I think so many times, you know, companies have this, um, this end game in mind, right? I mean, there's this, which in and of itself is sort of a mirage, right? Because in today's day and age, you're never really going to reach the finish line. It's, it's a continual journey, but but nonetheless, you know, if a company is is embarking on um, 
something like this. I mean, they have this vision in mind of what they're ultimately trying to achieve. And I think sometimes, you know, what can happen is that end goal seems very daunting. And so either it can become difficult to take the first step or you're racing to the point where you don't stop to celebrate those smaller wins. Um, and I think that that was just a really good point to make is that, you know, sometimes those, you know, those small wins can really add up and gain a lot of traction. And I think they also can tie in with that, that, um, frontline employee pull type feeling where they're wanting more of it. Because if you're focusing on getting those early wins and getting those, those small wins, you start to build that evidence that you're implementing technology that, that is going to have a positive impact on their lives. And that makes them, you know, a little bit more, um, open to, or excited about the next thing. And, and, you know, next thing, you know, you have sort of a snowball effect in place. Uh, so, so very good. Um, okay. So, we, we talked at the beginning, you've been with Otis for 34 years. Uh, so I was hoping, um, you know, in summary, if you could tell us number one, you know, what the, the most notable change is that you've experienced or witnessed in your career at Otis. And then number two, what you're most excited about as you look forward into what the future holds. Okay. Well, um, you know, I would just say, so everything we talked about, this service transformation that we're, we're undergoing, I mean, th- this, is, this is a big change, uh, um, you know, for, for us in how we're working and we're working in an agile way and, and moving, you know, very fast um, and constantly, you know, improving things um, and moving, you know, again, moving fast. Um, this is exciting. It's it's really you know it's driving uh, improvement for our you know our customers and our employees. Um, but what I would say is you know you know having worked in the company for a long time, um, you know I've I've kind of lived through and experienced these pain points that that I'm talking about. So for for you know to see to see these changes, it's it's a, it's really a dream. It's a dream come true to see you know, having a parts, actually ordering um, the parts with the parts app or troubleshooting using our tune app um, and, and, you know, improving the first time fix or driving safety improvement through digitalization. So, you know, seeing actually not, you know, not dreaming this anymore, but this is reality now. And, and that that to me is is uh, super exciting. Um you know, we didn't really talk about IoT, but IoT is also, you know, a part of our service transformation. And again, um, seeing our ability to be much more predictive now, our door predictive um, IoT solution where we predict a door problem before it occurs. And then, you know, using that sensor information to, to really inform the mechanic proactively on where to go and what to look at, you know, before it actually turns into a problem. You know, all of this is really super exciting and it's a big, big, big uh, change in, in how we're working. And ultimately, you know, as I said, it's, it's driving, um, you know, driving improvement in our customer experience. But like we talked about at the very beginning, it's also um, driving employee engagement. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really fun time, uh, I think, to be um, certainly covering this industry, and I would imagine also also living in it. So, uh, you know, I think um, I've been around for what a little over eleven years, um, and and you for thirty some. So, I just think it's really cool to to take a step back and you know, look at all of the the positive changes that are going on in the industry and, and the ones that are, are yet to come. Um, so I, I really appreciate you, Tony, you know, joining and, and sharing with us a bit about what is going on at Otis and, and what the service transformation strategy is. Um, you know, I appreciate you spending some time with us and, and hope maybe you'll come back another time for another conversation. Excellent. Thanks, Sarah. I look forward to, uh, to talking more in the future. I'm so thankful for Tony of Otis being with us today to talk a bit about Otis's service transformation strategy. I also uh, interviewed Dot Minahan from the organization um, about a year or so ago on how the company is uh, focusing a lot on being very intentional with diversity uh, and enjoyed that conversation as well. What the company is doing overall with service is really, really cool. So uh, hopefully we'll feature more of it in episodes to come. Uh, If you're interested in more of our content, you can follow the Future of Field Service on Twitter at the F-O-F-S. You can also check out our written content at futureoffieldservice.com. And you can find us on LinkedIn. If you have any thoughts, questions, suggestions, or you want to talk a bit more about your service efforts, feel free to reach out to me directly through email at sarah at futureoffieldservice.com. The Future of Field Service podcast is published in partnership with IFS and WorkWave. To learn more about how IFS and WorkWave service management software can work for you, you can visit www.ifsworld.com. Thank you so much for listening.